What were you gonna say? I was going to take a bird walk, so you probably don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. Another story for another day. Another mini episode. Just Caitlin <laughs> talking, just squeezing it all out for you guys. Hey, everybody. I'm Caitlin, and this is my lovely host, Kate. Hey, guys. Uh, and together we make up Hey Beautiful, and we are the podcast, the only podcast who recaps every episode of How I Met Your Mother one week at a time, spoiler free. Yes. So we had a pretty exciting week. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it was last week, right? I don't know. How well, do you, uh, how yeah. do you talk about podcast things in the past when I you're know, recording, it's, and it's not too... It's we had an event pass. We did. We had a very important milestone. Yeah, we hit one year of podcasting, which Yay, is really we crazy. did it. Yeah, and we put up a little video, um, which you can find on our social media, <laughs> um, where we toasted. We had some whiskey, which was very How You Met Your Mother appropriate. Caitlin's bootleg and, um, Glenn McKenna. Yes, that was bootleg awesome. Glenn McKenna. <laughs> um, whew, it was rough going down. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I can't believe I can't believe it's been a year. It's I know, but and I think about it like I was in my apartment at that point. Like I'm thinking about (gasps) the things that have changed. Yeah, yeah. I was in an apartment. I didn't have chickens or a dog. Oh, (laughs) I know you have a. I have a little Chihuahua now too. So looks just like Rosie. I know she's she's bigger than Rosie. Yeah, which is my mom's dog. But oh my god, she might eat your face if you die. She might eat my face. That's so funny. I was I was listening back to older episodes and we were talking about that. So You were. Yeah, I listened to our first one, well, some of it. And the sound isn't as bad as I remembered, but I think there were a couple episodes in there that were terrible. I feel like it didn't start too bad, but then there was there, there was, was a time. Issues. Yeah. Yeah, where it was like really bad. Yeah. So thank you everybody for sticking through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and thanks for listening to us and downloading us and taking us wherever you go. It's yeah. been a really fun year and it seems like we're onto something because we keep getting new listeners. So yeah. welcome everybody. Yeah. And you know, speaking of new listeners, if you, dear listener, are new, welcome. We are super happy to add you to our hashtag HB family. Yay. And just, you know, make sure you're following us on Twitter or Facebook at Hey Beautiful Pod and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, however you listen to podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, so you never miss an episode. And we're super thrilled to have you. So we have two new reviews, which is super exciting, especially because they are two five-star reviews. Hey! Yeah. So our first one comes from Johnny B 76 This is our farmer friend. Oh, Okay. The one that listens cool. to us while he's harvesting. So, yes. hey, Johnny. He actually asked on Twitter if we were putting out an episode this week. So, oh, bless you. Told him we'd ha- he'd have one soon. So, thanks for being patient, Johnny. <laughs> yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Johnny writes, I found this podcast because on September 13th, it was the 13th mm-hmm. anniversary that How I Met Your Mother debuted. And Craig Thomas somehow linked on Twitter to this podcast. That's right. What? Oh, yeah. I listened to their recent episode to make sure that this is a podcast that I wanted to subscribe to. The two hosts, Kate and Caitlin, are fantastic together. Thank you very much. Thank you. They do a very thorough dive of each episode and break it down extremely well. What I really love about this podcast is getting a female perspective on the show. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. They do an amazing job of pointing out things my simple male brain would not pick up, thus adding a greater depth to this already phenomenal show. He said it, not us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't didn't pay him. That's right. We didn't even, like, hint that he should say something like that. We (laughs) super appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, And he also follows or finishes his review with a listen, subscribe, exclamation point. So... Thanks, Johnny. That was awesome. He also um, let me know in the Twitter inbox, because you guys are welcome to DM us as well. (gasps) Slide slide into our DMs, please. (laughs) He let me know, um, I think it was before he left this review, that he used to listen to another How I Met Your Mother podcast that uh, stopped in its tracks. So he's really hopeful that we will keep going. We have no plans of stopping because we love each other. And we love each other, but we're not in a relationship with each other, which is usually yeah. what makes things end. Mm. Creative projects. I've seen a lot of like married podcasters get divorced and then their shit goes to hell. You've, you've called it too. I have called it and it was really sad, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Johnny, so much. Um, <laughs> next up, we have one uh, from Kay Zulock, and we will actually see her later on in the legendary moments for the first time. And so she says, this podcast is fantastic and funny. It is clear the hosts are huge fans of the show and of each other. That that last part is especially true. Facts. <laughs> so very true. So thank you so much, Kay Zulock, who is Kim. We so appreciate you guys writing in and giving us five stars. All right, so this week our episode is Lucky Penny. Mm-hmm. And the battle of destiny versus free will continues. Let's do it. All right, girl. This is episode 15 of season two, Lucky Penny. It first aired on February 12th, 2007. And was written by Jamie Ronheimer, who you might remember from Aldrin Justice. Mm-hmm. Mediocre episode. Jane Seymour saved it. Totally. Um, and yeah, so he's written a couple other really good ones. But he's that guy. I, don't, I can't remember if it made it into the podcast or if we just talked about it. He's a writer slash producer for Bad Teacher and Bad Judge. And uh. also writes for The Ranch. Oh, The Ranch. That's right. Yeah, we did talk yeah, about The Ranch. Yeah, not a super big fan of that show or... Bad teacher, bad judge. It's mm-hmm. just like lazy sounding. I think so. Like two different shows, like same premise. Though. Yeah. Right, right, right. What are you doing? Um, and this episode was directed by Pamela Freiman. Yay. Yay. So we got our girl back. Heck yeah. So we start out with future Ted narrating to his kids that you can never underestimate the power of destiny because the littlest things can cause a ripple effect. Um, for example, his trip to Chicago. And um, this is such a really fun idea, I think, to think about. Yeah. It's like, I mean, life really is like a choose-your-own-adventure book, right? Every decision you make sets you on like a different path. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of fun to trace it back. And that's what this episode does. He tries to trace and find the root cause of like his misfortune. Yeah. And that's like the premise of the entire show too, right? Is yeah. Tracing yeah. it all the way back to where it started and all the little choices along the way that changed his life forever, right? Yeah. So I'm just realizing like this is probably a big reason why I love the show. I, you know me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Anytime I tell a story, it is just a winding. <laughs> Meandering, a ser- serpentine. There's no cohesion. Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> my friend Maggie's like, all right, where were we? Hold on. Let me trace. Let me. Uh, all right. All right. Bring us full circle. Yep. Um, so I love the backstories and I love the details because I think that just adds to my story. Yeah. If you can even, if I can even remember what the original point was after I've like told you what color socks the yeah I whatever mean, with the Caitlin story you just kind of have to let go and let God you know like yeah just like go along with the ride don't worry about ride. that original um, point wherever it ends is where it ends and the journey exactly. is what matters <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I love about this show it's like the backstory yeah totally yeah yeah so we start off and Robin and Ted are running to the airport and Robin makes this comment about how the security guard was a little bit handsy. And then Ted makes a comment that she barely touched him. Blue shirt, which, two o'clock. Yes, which <laughs> I just love. And, you know, Ted is desperately trying to make this flight because if he doesn't, he will never forgive himself. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that after he nailed that Spokane, Spokane? Spokane, Spokane yeah. The Spokane National Bank building, he's been a highly sought-after architect. Uh, there's a firm that's based in Chicago, and they want Ted to run their New York branch. So that's a pretty big opportunity yeah, for Ted. that's massive. Future Ted tells us that, like, it was his destiny. But, as it turns out, there was one little problem. Reality was the one little problem. Yeah, reality. <laughs> real life. Mm-hmm. We see Ted and Robin arrive to a very empty gate just as this woman is shutting the doors. Um, and Ted tries to appeal to this woman who is named Phyllis. I don't know if we ever hear her name, but she was on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know who she is? Enid. Enid Wexler from Legally Blonde, who I met. <gasps> Did you know that? Wait, I knew this. Yeah. No, I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was selling... I was at an after-school conference because I used to run an after-school program, and she was selling some sort of product. Mary Kay? No, some sort of after-school, might have been software. I don't remember what it was, but I just went up to her, and I was like, oh, my God, you're Enid Wexler. <laughs> what did she say? She's like, yeah, totally. I mean, she was so cool. And I was like, could I be a dork and She's- take a picture with you? And she was just, she was so nice. Um, she seems awesome. Yeah, she was great. And um, I mean, she's great in this role. And I forgot mm. that she was also in How I Met Your Mother for an yeah, episode. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. Right? Holy shit. Yeah, right? it was very exciting. She also played um, a vixen in Night at the Roxbury. Oh, like one of Her the club girls? Her name's Meredith Scott Lynn. She's from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on American Horror Story, which I don't watch, but here's amazing. Does it say which season? I haven't seen her on there yet. I don't know. Hmm. Um, but she, uh, Some of the names that I like of character she has played was Poison Ooh. Was, uh, on Pepper Ann, which is a cartoon. <gasps> Pepper Ann. Love, I love Pepper that. Ann. Um, and then a dog-loving girl in Loser. Oh, my. And then I had Vixen in Night at the Roxbury, which I thought was, like, very fun. And her um, big role oh, was Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives, yeah. For years. Which, 177 episodes. Good for her. Soap operas are just interesting. What'd you, Did you say? Ever, soap operas are just, like, very interesting. Oh, you said Snow Leopards. I was like, wow, oh, this took a turn. Those are two, and Endangered. This took a turn. So sad. Yeah, soap operas. Uh, Caitlin, you and I used to watch a soap opera every summer. Or all summer well, long. yeah. Passions. Obviously. That was, Which was fucking crazy. That shit went off the, the rails. What was his name? Nikki? Was it Nikki? <laughs> it was like that witch brought him to life. Yeah, it was oh. so strange. God. It was so I gotta I oh my Our can, Summer of can Passions. 
Oh my god, it was so bad. So bad. But like you couldn't not watch it because it was so Yeah, totes. But I love how they can make anything happen. You know? On a soap oh, opera like yeah. nothing. Yeah, no, the, out, the suspension of, of disbelief is is the realist. I mean, it's yeah. wild. So the <laughs> Oh my god! I almost went to I went to say this woman's name, and I was like, "Duh, of course." Oh god! Duh, she's a main character, Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I remember. Oh, oh my god! Oh my god! Bringing back so many memories. Show. She gets so many episodes. Who? Teresa Lopez Teresa Fitzgerald. Lopez Fitzgerald. Was that the witch? So many episodes. No, she's like the like like the main lady. Oh, the okay. The witch is was that Sheridan Crane? No, no. What was the witch's name? Ta- Tabitha. 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 Tabitha that's right. Oh my god. Of course, it's Tab. Like that's such a lazy name. Like bewitched, like Samantha Stevens' daughter. True. So she's already a witch. Maybe in like a parallel lazy. universe, she is. Oh the my daughter. god! Here's a picture of her and the actor. Oh, he's, this is so creepy. With the with the little creepy guy. Yeah. Was it a was it a little person or was it a child? No, it was a little person. It was a little person. Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. I well, he also looks like a child. He looks though. like a child. Yeah. What if he was both? It's kind of oh <laughs> oh harmony, right? Is that the name of the <gasps> town? Oh, he died. He died. Yeah, at, he was only twenty when he died. He was both. He, <gasps> so was, he was, was a little a person and a little also person. a child. How did he die? Probably complications. He <laughs> was. Dude, he was 37 inches. Yo, this is so sad. R.I.P. Nikki. (laughs) Probably complication surgery. Oh, fuck. Well, you were sort of right. Oh, no, no. (laughs) What? His name was Timmy. No. (laughs) No. And he talked in third person, remember? Oh, that's right. It said Josh had a line. This is a, tri- a trivia question. On an episode of Passions, Josh had a line that went, Timmy could go on a talk show. Timmy could meet Rosie. Oh, God. And on May 29th, 2002, he went on Rosie, and that footage was shown, which was like six weeks before he died. Oh, Timmy. But also, the Rosie O'Donnell show was on in 2002? Apparently. That must have been like the tail end of it before she was like, oh, I'm gay. You yeah. Know? And then they canceled her. So he had he died from complications from a surgery, but Aww. he was thirty seven inches. Thirty seven inches. That's just over three feet, right? Three feet one inch. Bless him. Bless his tiny little heart. I know. Wow, this is a really long rabbit hole into passions. Wait, so how old was he when he was on passions? He <gasps> wasn't a child. Oh, oh my god. What? Oh my god. He played Baby Grinch. What? He played eight-year-old Grinch. What? On the Jim Carrey movie? <gasps> yes. Oh, my I God. I love Baby Grinch. Anyway, R.I.P. Has- Timmy. Let's. Oh, let's bring it back. Caitlin is obsessed with Timmy's IMDb right now, and we need to reel it in. I'm so sorry. Fans, <laughs> listen to it. I mean, not listen to it, because I'm sure Kate's going to cut all Caitlin that. Caitlin will read the entire <laughs> thing. Maybe we'll just do a special episode. Yeah, I'll do a, do a mini episode of me reading Timmy's, Timmy's IMDb page. It's longer than him. This We're literally not even like... Five minutes into the episode. Sorry, no, we're friends. garbage. He's basically missed the flight. And he tries to appeal to her and tell her that if, you know, if he misses this flight, he's going to miss his chance to interview for his dream job. And mm-hmm. Robin tries to help uh-huh. in a not so great way. Right. 
Um, and she's like, didn't you ever have a dream job? Like, I'm sure you didn't go to bed dreaming of this, you know? It just really insults her. Yeah. Not great. Not a great Like, look. Robin, come on. Anyway, way to put her foot in her mouth. So the lady then, you know, is nicer than she should be and says that she'll see what she can do. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't look good. The whole episode really takes place in an airport. Mm-hmm. But they do such a good job of not making it feel boring or claustrophobic through, like, flashbacks and double flashbacks. and It reminds me of The Princess Bride. Yeah. So it's you know, all like taking place in the You're telling the story, bedroom. but you get to see it. Yeah, totally. You know, but there's a very small chance, but it's up to the captain to let them on. And, um, you know, she, they'll, they'll call her if there's anything. So she also makes a comment about how, like, you know, you should arrive an hour and a half before, not not one minute after. <laughs> and Ted tells her that usually he's very good with this kind of stuff, but he had to go to court today to get sentenced <laughs> because he jumped a turnstile at the subway. Um, and Phyllis makes this really great joke about how, like, he's terrible with all sorts of travel. Yeah. With obeying the rules of travel or something. She's great. She delivers steaming hot tea. Yeah, her timing's time. great. She's like, I'm not familiar with who she is on Days of Our Lives, but I know they're not typically comedies. Right. But she has great comedic timing, yeah, I think, absolutely. and a great like dry humor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, so she the phone rings. She picks up, and it's great news because her mom <laughs> found her earring. <laughs> and you know, Ted tells Robin that you know it's down to three people, and if he doesn't show up, that's it. Like yeah. it's there. He doesn't even have a chance because they want to make the decision today. Um, you know, so Ted starts to beat himself up about it. You know, why did I have to jump that turnstile? And that's like this awesome setup of the episode. So why did he jump that turnstile? So we're going to go back and have all these flashbacks to figure out why. And Robin points out that, you know, it's not really his fault. <laughs> so, yeah, let's not take blame for our own actions, cis white hetero dude. Right. Let's point the finger at somebody else. Right. Let's go back a little further and make it someone else's fault. Right. Because we don't have control over our our personal decisions, right? Duh. <laughs> so Robin wants us to back up to Marshall breaking his toe a few months earlier, which mm-hmm. sadly ruined Marshall's unbreakable theory in which <laughs> he thought he was not only never capable of getting sick, but also very, very strong <laughs> because he opened a very heavy door on, w- on one, one pull. pull. On one pull. And I love when Marshall oh. says, you know, I don't believe in painkillers and then shot and beer chaser right there. Yeah. And we find out that Marshall has been training to run the New York City Marathon up until breaking his toe. Mm-hmm. And it's now the night before. And Barney scoffs and says that he could run it tomorrow without any training. Crazy. It's crazy. Insane. I mean, it's 42 kilometers. All right, Canada. (laughs) We'll take it from here. So everyone's like, no way. That's absolutely impossible. And Marshall even goes as far as betting him $50. Not a slap, I'm surprised. Bets him $50. Barney initially is like, that's bullshit. I'm not, I mean, that's nothing. And Marshall just says, you have a gambling problem. You're going to bet me $50. So, of course, he goes for it. How much for you to run a marathon? Oh, there's not enough money in the world. I could, I would fucking Same. die. There's, I, I couldn't wanna, do like, it. No. Could I train like, for it? Like, if I, if I had time to train for it, I mean, I don't know. You would? You would still do it? 
Yeah, but I mean, someone would have to like make me train for it. I, I don't know. The pain, though. I mean, it, it just seems like too much running. People sometimes shit themselves. I don't want to poop my pants. The chafing alone. The chafing. Like the ankle, like the fucking like blister spots. But, Ugh. You know what's the worst for me? The mental game. Oh yeah, out. Nobody's worse to me than myself. Yeah, like, so oh. there's no. I'll be like, you're garbage. You're trash. Just sit down right I now. I heard all over. It's over. <laughs> it's okay. Go out. Go home to sleep. No one's just gonna be down. mad. Just don't just be a hero. Down. Okay. That's all you have to do. You don't need to be yeah, a hero. Like I don't need hey. to do that. Hey, go have yourself I, a you sandwich and calm down. I gave birth. Yeah. Naturally. That's a marathon. I don't need to run a fucking marathon. <laughs> all right? I don't have that, but no, thank you. <laughs> Um, so they all get up together to watch Barney fuck up and there's this cool like low jack chip that all the runners mm-hmm. get and so that you can watch the progress. So that's what they're doing. But why aren't they there cheering him on? Cause it's a long ass race. They get to stand up there all day. Well, you just go to like one of the checkpoints. Well, they that's do end I've up done. doing that. Right. But why didn't they like, um, Chris ran a half and his sister ran a half. Mm-hmm. And we went with signs, like to cheer them on, and like tried to find them. It was really exciting. I have a feeling they just all thought he was going to fail within the first like two miles. Even more, why wouldn't you want to be there in person to see it? Because Barney's anyway. a scumbag and hasn't earned that. I don't know. True, <laughs> he's not worth that. Right. So we get to see this right. uh, sort of graphic overlay of Barney's path through the city, <laughs> and he's making amazing time <laughs> to the point that Marshall's convinced he's been cheating. So. That's why they go down to, to to see him, not to cheer him on, but to, to make sure he hasn't see. like paid somebody to run it for him. And I remember watching this; I was like, he put it in the back of a truck, he did something to it, you he know, gave it to somebody else, gave it to somebody else, whatever. But amazingly, there he is, running by without like a like bead casually. of sweat. Yeah, just a casual <laughs> jaunt, and um, like he's going to get the mail. It's it's wild in his like fucking like, Jamaica. Colored, uh, like track sweat suit. suit. I love it. Yeah, tracksuit. And he comes in after finishing. Comes into the apartment, and he's just feeling great. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all know now is he's feeling great because he hasn't stopped moving at all. Right, right. Just like ran it, walked, ran up the stairs. Like he hasn't stopped his legs yet. Mm-hmm. He says he would have finished sooner if he hadn't met some girl and banged her behind a Nathan's. Gross. At kilometer 11.26 or a mile seven. (laughs) You're trash. (laughs) And um, Marshall begrudgingly pays in the money and says offhandedly that, hey, uh, if you need it, you get to use the subway today off like today free. All the marathoners get to do that. Mm -hmm. And Barney (laughs) is such a weird creature. He's lived in New York for his whole life, basically. Right. Yeah. And he's never ridden the subway. I guess he thinks it's for peasants. Yeah. So he decides he's going to give it a whirl. He's trying all kinds of new things today. He's going to decides to slum it. Yeah, decides to slum it. Maybe calls Bridge and Tunnel Girl later, which is <laughs> apparently an innuendo. A little double entendre. Mm. Um, so yeah, they're all still in shock. Barney leaves, and it's a couple hours later, and <laughs> Barney calls Ted. Begging for him to pick him up. He's like frantic. Frantic, like (laughs) terrified, sitting on the subway. Turns out, as soon as he got on the subway two hours ago, his legs stopped working. And he's just been riding it back and forth (laughs) to the point where he saw where it turns around. (laughs) Which I don't think happens, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> you don't want to see when Subway turns around. <laughs> I mean, I believe that. I fucking believe uh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so now we're in flashback within a flashback, right? Like, we're already yeah. flashing back to the marathon stuff, and now we're flashing forward. <laughs> So there's a lot happening. Um, yeah. We get some amazing physical comedy from Neil Patrick Harris of him moving his dead legs, trying to get him, <laughs> get him juice. He's so good. Incredible. I mean, I know that feeling after running like three miles. It fucking sucks. Your mm-hmm. legs are like lead. Yeah. Ted leans over and tells Marshall, and he's just like overjoyed. He's like full of glee. Best 50 bucks I ever spent. And so uh, we go. We cut back to Barney on the on the train, and he tells Ted where to meet him. And then you see anyone's nightmare, any polite person's nightmare. Yeah, as an old, an elderly woman, a pregnant woman, and a a young boy on crutches all hobble over. And he's also like clearly the most healthy of everybody sitting, able body. Yeah. You would think, right? So there's no one else who should get up except for him, and. He just says, I, I can't, I can't get up. And it's so good. I mean, he could have said more than that, but it's just like, you're a fucking marathoner. You're clearly in good health. Like, and you can't get up for these people. You're a piece of shit. It's so good. Little do they know he really is a piece of shit, but he's also not lying. So yeah. So then we get the, the full story. We see Ted see Barney from the platform and the doors are closing. So he doesn't have time to buy a ticket. And he jumps over the turnstile and gets tackled. So that's why it's Barney's fault. Which is pretty aggressive for jumping the turnstile, especially for a white dude. Right. That would not have happened. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. So then we are back at the airport. And so see if Barney had never tried to run the marathon, then Ted wouldn't have jumped the turnstile. And he wouldn't have had to go to court. And he would have made the flight. Problem solved. Um, Yeah. Blame Uh, shifted. Exactly. It is Barney's fault. Mm-hmm. So we should be mad at Barney. Yep. Um, eventually, Phyllis turns off the f- uh, gets off the phone, but it turns out that the flight already left. But there is one more flight on, like, basically the opposite side of the airport by Flights Are Us. <laughs> and if he makes it there in time, he will just get to his interview. So they start running. And Robin's outfit is so bad. It's fugly. It is what? Browns and mustards. It's just really gross. There's also some like banter between them throughout this whenever they're running that isn't yeah. all that funny. I just skipped right over it because. Right. You see a couple of like, them like. Mm. Like someone goes out the carts and like smart carts, more like dumb carts. Huh? Like, right. And like, oh, is the R backwards? Like there were a couple of things where I was like. Great mm. job, Jamie Ronheimer. Yeah. And I mean, that just goes to show you like. Maybe these two characters don't have the best chemistry. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just blamed the shitty writing. Oh, it's but. absolutely shitty writing, but I think just the two of them together anyway, yeah. and maybe it's the actors too. Like it just doesn't yeah. have that that sizzle like Marshall and Lily yeah. have. They're just Yeah. So funny so together. Good. Anyway. They're running and while they're running, they re- you know, Ted realizes it actually wasn't really Barney's fault. If Marshall hadn't broken his toe, then Barney wouldn't have run. Which isn't so true really, because Barney made the choice to run. But whatever. Right. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> like, it, he wouldn't There's have had no the chance. Well here. Right. He wouldn't have had the chance to run. Right. So it's really Marshall's fault. So here then we get another flashback. Ted remembers that Barney wouldn't have run if Marshall didn't break his toe. Right. And so the toe breaking is him sort of blaming Robin. 
Right, 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 right. right. Very and, confusing yeah. episode. <laughs> so, yeah, April 2006, uh, Marshall is in the bathroom with Lily and they're getting ready. And he realizes that his pants are getting a little tight. <laughs> and Lily likes his little belly, but Marshall does not. So right then and there, Marshall decides that he is going to run the New York Marathon. And I did a little research. Mm-hmm. Do you know how hard it is to run the New York Marathon? Don't you have to qualify for it? Yeah. So there are actually a few different ways that you can qualify for um, the New York <clears throat> Marathon, but the numbers are crazy. So, for example, in 2017, the acceptance rate was 16.5. So it was more selective than uh, admissions to Georgetown University, but not quite as selective as Berkeley. So in 2006, there were 37... 1,936 finishers, 25,607 males, 12,329 females. The average time was four hours, 27 minutes, and 24 seconds. The male winner was two hours, nine minutes, 57 seconds. And the female winner, two hours, 25 minutes, and four seconds. Can you even... No. Could you... Like, I can't. Sounds like torture. Sounds like hell. Right? And in 2006, there were three marshals who ran the New York Marathon. No Barneys? Uh, one Barney, Barney McCarthy. Oh. But no Marshall Ericsons or Barney Stinsons. But there was a Barney. There was a Barney. That's yeah, so he, cute. his time was actually pretty good. Three hours, 58 minutes, 24 seconds. Get it, Barn? So, yes, yeah, so we get to some really cute scenes of Lily helping Marshall train. And, you know, she has this book, like how to uh, train for a marathon or something like that. And she brings Marshall through it, you know, talking about his diet and how he should be eating like certain kinds of food. And he decides he's only going to have like liquids because it wastes less energy and he puts it onto a blender and drinks it. Mm -hmm. So gross. Um, But it reminded me of when Chris ran his half marathon because I got him a book about how to train and I got him all sorts of running gear, Mm -hmm. um, including stuff for chafing because that is something that can happen. I got him like a body glide and like nipple shields, which he didn't use. (laughs) And I wished him chafed nipples when he ran. I was like, I hope your nipples chafe because I'm petty. could have could have had nice smooth nipples, but no. Exactly. (laughs) So we get some like cute this cute scene of like Marshall building himself up mm-hmm. and also, uh, you know, Lily, whatever Lily's narrating, you see happening. So yeah. she talks about the chafing and Marshall's nips are all chafed up. So he goes into the bathroom and starts rubbing them with like Vaseline, just as Robin walks into the bar, the bathroom and he falls and breaks his toe. And this is the day before the race. Right. So it must've been like a long final training run. And he started like an idiot with the petroleum jelly on his feet. So that yeah, probably right, right, led right. To, the, to the slippage for sure. Papa needed some traction, if you know what I mean. So yeah, so Ted sums up that, yeah, sorry, Robin, it's actually your fault that I'm missing this flight, which is so shitty of him. It's so shitty. He's like, if you had never come over in the middle of the day randomly and surprised him, then this wouldn't have happened. Well, he wouldn't have broken his stone, blah, blah, blah. Robin's not going to sit back and take any blame. That's not how she rolls. So she decides to push it back even further, um, which is two days before the marathon, when she and Ted were eating hot dogs, which is important, and they were walking past a massive wedding dress sale, Mm -hmm. and they see this line of women camped out. And 
she goes back and tells Lily about it that night. And Lily's like, let's go. Let's get our shit and go there. And Robin, being a good friend, goes with her. And Lily says it reminds her of the ticket line for Lilith Fair, only fewer bullets. <laughs> I loved it. Which probably is accurate. <laughs> so they set up their cute little beach chairs on the sidewalk and they settle in for the night and they're feeling really good. Like, you know, maybe this isn't so bad. It's kind of comfy. Kind of comfy. And then a car alarm starts going off. And they think it'll be fine. Like, so the guy's going to come by and turn it off. But then we cut to five hours later and all the women are just wide-eyed and angry and Lily's clearly about to snap, and Robin jumps in to bring her back from the brink, trying to get her to sing along to the the alarm. <laughs> Boo! I always do that now whenever a car alarm goes off. As you should. Mm-hmm. And then it's the morning. Then it's three hours later, and still none of them have slept, and they're all freezing. So it's been eight hours. Eight solid hours of this fucking car alarm going off, and... They're talking like they're going to die, like they're in like like a, a life or death situation. Stuff. Yeah. If we get through this, I swear I'm going to live my life differently, <laughs> which I love. Me too. I just want to tell my parents I love them one more time. <laughs> and they're then like all staring of a sudden, off into the middle distance. Oh, middle distance. And um, then the douchey guy shows up and turns off his, his alarm to get in his car. And all the women attack. And Lily, it seems like, was the general. Like she had... yeah. Planned and and told the women like we are fucking getting this guy when he comes back because they were all ready <laughs> like to it's go. The car guy, get him. Yeah. So the next morning, Robin's you know too tired to go back, so she goes to nap at the apartment for a few hours, which is when she walks in on Marshall greasing himself up. <laughs> I I what happened to Lily's cake butt wedding dress? I think she paid it off and threw it out. Like, that thing was ruined. Could Don't I? you think? That was that was ruined. That was fucking ruined. I was hoping she got it, like, fixed or something. Like, oh, girl, no way. That thing was, she ripped it and sat in raspberry and chocolate. I know, but it, all right. Do we think she got ended up getting her dress at this big sale? I hope it was worth it. Who can say? Who can say? I guess we'll have to wait and see. Except we don't really find out if that's where she yeah, got the dress. Yeah. Bitch, if you tell me to ask Craig and Carter one more time. Okay, well, I asked you a lot last episode. I'm so sorry, but not. I don't think I I don't think I asked any of them from last time. But when we have another really, really yeah. burning question, I will yeah. I will definitely ask. Definitely. So, you know, if Lily hadn't gone to the wedding dress shop, they would have made the first flight for sure. Mm-hmm. Um by this time they're at the next gate and um the doors are still open. Ted's super pumped. And then the guy recognizes mm-hmm. uh, Robin, which is just... Oh, she's such a sucker for that. She is loving it. And this yep. man's name is Fred, and he's pe- played by Kelly Perrine. Mm-hmm. Um, he's from Pennsylvania. He's been... He plays Sir Gareth on a show called Night Squad. Don't know what that is. Yeah, me either. Um, he was in the TV show School of Rock. Hmm. He was on a show Beauty and the Baller. Oh, well, I mean, he's he's getting work, so good for him. Yeah, like never heard Dog of any of these. Never heard of any of these shows. Dog with a blog, I've heard of. That's like a kids show. Yeah, Bones. 
Austin oh. and Allie. Are we there yet? Movie? Oh, no. Oh. TV show. Sorry. He plays like the TV show of all these like <laughs> more successful movies. movies. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, well, is that how I met your mother? That's what we're talking that's about. That's this one. That's Never this one. <laughs> so he is a big fan of Robin. And Robin's just mm-hmm. like so super thrilled because she loves meeting fans. Oh, and yeah. uh, he recognized her from the, the pizza one. And he wants to know, was it real? And it was. But the calzones trick photography what does that even mean (laughs) i don't know but i i can only imagine so robin double checks to make sure she is not the one who fucked all this up Mm -hmm. basically she's like wait wait so we agree then it wasn't my fault but ted realizes that it goes even further back than that and actually goes back to a previous episode Mm -hmm. to the scorpion and the toad which uh, you remember is when Lily had just come back. Yes. Um, and Ted found a super old penny. So this yeah. is the super old penny that he finds on the subway. It's from 1939. And that was end of the summer of 2006, right? Yes. So Marshall started training in April. Lily left him in June. Then he found the penny in August. Yeah. And then in November, they went to f- get hot dogs together. There's a little bit of a gap there that makes you think that this wasn't that there might have been a hole in the story, but yeah. it checks out. I don't know why they waited so long to use that penny, but who knows? It's I feel like it was almost enough for you to forget, but like you were like, wait a minute, that's familiar. Right. And they didn't really harp on it except with the costumes. Like Yeah. And it was oh, like a, that awful vest the and vest. Like, and Ted with the maroon and mustard. Ugh. It's just not great looks. Memorable was, for that. Right, and I was, but I was so glad that they at least did that little costume nod, so you knew this was the this penny. Intentional, yeah. From this guy likes pennies <laughs> at the diner. Oh, that was a really good impression. Thank you. Like I, I basically saw Robin. Robin's face on on my screen. Thanks. And she's like leaned over, like yeah. so drunk. So, so she looks so drunk. adorable. Yeah, that was she's a great so scene for her. Pity about the vest. Yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Yeah, so Ted's, like, totally geeking out because he knows a little something about coins, and he knows it's going to be (laughs) worth something, and he is going to take her out for dinner with the money he gets from the penny. Mm -hmm. So it's, they ended up on all the way on the east side because that was the only place Ted could take her for dinner with the value of the penny, which was (laughs) $1.50. So he was able to buy some hot dogs for a dollar forty-nine, it's impressive to find yourself more than one hot dog for a dollar fifty. Um, yeah, for sure. If Ted had held on to that penny for twelve more years, it would have been worth four dollars. Whoa! Right? He blew well, it. Well, as long as it was a wheat penny, he fucking blew it. Yeah, I mean, its average value is thirty-five cents, but it could be worth four dollars. Dang! Mm-hmm. So we cut to them. So we we see Ted running it down, how it's really been his fault all along. And we get that full chain of he picks up the penny, he buys the hot dog, they see the dresses. Robin goes to the apartment and Marshall breaks his toe. Barney runs. Ted jumps the turnstile. And Robin says, yeah, we can't go back any further without knowing who put the penny down. And so Ted realizes it's been his fault the whole all along. Time. Like he fucked up his own quote unquote destiny. Which shouldn't be possible with destiny, right? So that means it wasn't worth it. 
It wasn't meant to be. And Robin even says, your destiny wasn't ruined. Your destiny just wasn't this. And so destiny still can be a thing. He was just looking at the wrong one. Right. And just as he's coming to this realization that it's been his fault the whole time, after trying to blame all of his friends, yeah. uh, the attendant calls him up and there are no more seats. So there are a couple times in the show where Ted gets hit on the head over and over again with this isn't the right thing for you. Right. And this is one of those moments. Like yeah. the destiny, you fucked up a long time ago. You fucked this up before you even knew this was a thing. Yep. You set something in motion that you couldn't take back. And now also no one is looking out for you and getting you on that plane. So this is not for you. It's okay. Drop the washcloth. Right. right? Drop that washcloth and let it go. So we find out also that the guy who did get the job actually didn't end up staying in New York. I guess the New York branch didn't work out, and he ended up having to move to Chicago after only three months. So if he had gotten on that plane that day and they had loved him, because of course they would love Teddy Westside, he would have <laughs> he would have left had to have left New York. Yeah, at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Right. Or he would have had to make that choice. Right. And so we get the voiceover from uh, future Ted saying, I thought I was destined to get this job, but I was wrong. My destiny was to stay in New York because if I hadn't, I never would have met your mother. And we get the first glimpse of their wedding, mm-hmm. which is just Ted. We don't yeah. really see her at all. And Marshall and Barney in the back. Yeah. So this is the first mention we've had of the mother in a yeah. while. We've sort of been really deep in Ted's relationship with Robin and everything that's going on with everybody else. And it's a reminder of where we're going. Mm-hmm. And I love when they pepper that in. It sort of reminds us of the momentum of, of why we're here and right. what all of these little bits are leading to. It's just like a story I would tell. It's like all over the place. And then at the end, like you you're, you get brought back to the original point. Oh, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. And I mean, I totally relate. I'm sure there are so many times in my life where I thought something I was doing or the place I was or the person I was with was mm-hmm. my destiny, right? Yeah. And the whole time it totally wasn't. Yeah. And it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to come to that realization and right. know that there's something better going on out there for you. And it's a case of being too close to the puzzle, mm-hmm. as as Himyam would say, to see what was really happening and what was coming together. And I love when they have those reminders of that. Yeah. Like, the universe was working on something that I could not even fathom yet. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. Yeah. Good episode. Great episode. Oh, then we get the little scene with Barney at the very end. Approached by three street toughs. <laughs> street toughs. Is that what you wrote? <laughs> yeah. Three youths. Youths. Hooligans. <laughs> Clearly um, about to get robbed at the... And I said, this is probably where the train turns around. Yeah. <laughs> it's very dark. Very dark. And they In the middle just, of the like, day. lift up the metal and like Barney looks down and it just takes it off and sadly hands it over. <laughs> Poor Barney. That's what you get for your hubris. Right? What you going to do? For the hubes. For um, the hubes. So there is a Barney blog uh, episode or a Barney. Bleh, there is a blog post. Yeah. And it's Barney's mail and then quotes sack. 
God. So I guess this has been a, a few other times. I don't know. I, I don't always check the blog because it's, sometimes yeah. it's great. Sometimes it's not. But it's Dear Uncle Barney. Ew. In the fall, I was cut from JV football. In the winter, I was cut from JV basketball. And now in the spring, I'll probably be cut from JV baseball. How will I ever get chicks if I'm not awesome at sports? Brian Kaufman, Maryland. He would have only teenage boys following his yeah. blog. Yeah. Like, it reminds me of, like, Tucker Max. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's just, like, disgusting. Gross. Yeah. So that's cool. How did you, What did you think about this episode, Caitlin? It's so fun. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, Robin's outfit choices, not great Woof. overall. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just a really fun episode. It's one of the things that I love about How I Met Your Mother is just, like, the elements of all the storytelling. Yeah, and this one was extra complicated because there were the flash forwards and backwards inside each other, and you almost needed like a beautiful mind fucking yeah storyboard, you know, to figure out with the string the timing. But we did. I mean, I have checked out the timing, and it does work because I was like, wait, was Lily even there? And why was she looking for a dress? And but it's it's solid. It's airtight. So good job, yeah. guys. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six. Legendary moments from our yeah. fans. Um, one fan uh, who is back is Abha, our Yay. girl. Yay, Abha. All the way from India. All the way from India. Um, so she writes, hey, Kate and Caitlin, it seems like forever since I last sent you guys a legendary moment. I know I've missed only one episode, but it feels like eternity. Oh, girl. Mm. We're just happy to have you back. Thank Heck you for yeah. coming back. Like, we understand that fans get busy and they might not be able to keep up. With us, even with our wonky recording schedule, but we appreciate you coming back, Abha. So totally, thank you. yeah, yeah. Um, and she writes that her favorite is the time Barney takes up the challenge to run the New York City Marathon and how he dives into any challenge head first. Um, she says she connects with Barney's story the most in this episode because he calls himself a finisher and even shows off his medal trying to impress some girl in the subway, saying, "You know what I mean." Um, <laughs> so, did have you ever? Um, Run a race then, Abha? Are maybe, you a finisher? Maybe. Hmm. I think she just means she finishes what she starts. Oh. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm, see, I'm very literal. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like I am she's, shallow AF. She is working really hard right now. I think she's in school. So. Oh, yeah. Be Good a finisher, you, Abha. Keep, Keep we'll up here. the good work. That's right. Our next one is another blast from our recent past it's tanya all the way from south africa hi tanya hey girl and so she said hi ladies quick lm legendary moment for lucky penny love 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 this episode barney is the legend in this episode i can't even read this without hearing her accent i can't either right somehow your voice cross fades and i hear tanya It's perfect. Uh, best mm-hmm. one-liners and best physical comedy. Agreed. Uh, favorite Barney line is when they're in the bar and Marshall is sad because he has trained so hard for the marathon. And Barney says one doesn't have to train for the marathon because there's only two steps to running. Step one, you run. Step two, there is no step two. Classic Barney. And, of course, the ultimate moment, so this is her legendary moment, is when Barney's legs stop working on the subway. So I laugh good. Every time I see it and every time I imagine it in my head, NPH for the win. I didn't even watch this episode, but I love it so much that I had to send a quick LM. Miss y'all, Tanya. We miss you too, Tanya. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. You're the best. You're like the fucking best. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love my basic bitch voice. I do I it love, way too I much. Love all your, I love all of your voices. And every time I hear one in the podcast, I like giggle. <laughs> Good. It's the best. I love it. It's just how I'm, I'm just born this way. Um, yeah. All right. So the next one is Kevin, who's one of our newer followers. Yeah. And he sent us an email. And he said, hi, podcasters. I think my legendary moment for Lucky Penny is one that we've seen a few times in him so far. But in general, this is one of the finest examples of the non-linear storytelling, especially as they dig back through time to see who's to blame for Ted being in the predicament of missing the flight. So true. Caitlin loves the timing stuff as well. I mean, we mm-hmm. both do, but Caitlin has a huge boner for it. I The hugest boner. I have like the eggplant emoji right now. For the fucking timing? Yeah. Great. Perfect. (laughs) I also thought the lady playing the first airline check-in attendant, the one who is on the phone with her mother, is pretty hilarious, especially as she's ripping into pilots who never call you back. Just a funny line. Honorable mention to Barney and tracksuit, Kevin. Yes, Meredith Scott crushed it. She's an amazing character actor, and she did a great job. Thanks, Kevin. Um, our next one is from Kim, who you might remember left us a review. Yeah, um, she sent us a legendary moment through Twitter, and she says that her legendary moment for this episode is Robin and Lily sitting outside of the dress shop, and when they make the game out of the car alarm, <laughs> and it makes her laugh every time she sees it. It's a good one. That's a uh, Robin is a really good friend to Lily, and she as is. as the wedding approaches, you see more and more of that, and this is an excellent Robin and Lily moment. I love their yeah. their little. Uh, one-on-ones. Next up, we have Allison, who we haven't heard from before. And Allison says, hi, Uz. And then in all caps, I did it. I finally managed to get you a legendary moment before recording. Yay! Round of applause for Allison. Good job, Allison. Great hustle. We know it's not easy, so (laughs) thanks for keeping up with us. Okay, so she's got two little bits here for her legendary moments. The first is Marshall. He's just hysterical the entire time. I also love that reference back to the mirror pep talk, which comes back later in the show. Perfect. And then we have Barney, the last snippet, and when he first can't get up. I almost read that as can't get it up. No words. Just all completely physical comedy. That just gets me. Oh, yeah. He did such an excellent job as usual with that stuff. Thanks, Allison. We're so proud of you. Guys, we have another new person sending in a legendary moment. This one comes all the way from across the pond. Yeah. Uh, from Nikki, who is in London. What's up, Nikki? Hey, Nikki. So she writes, hey, Kate and Caitlin, my legendary moment is definitely when Robin tries to sing along to the car alarm. <laughs> Robin is a brilliant friend and Kobe is hilarious. I also love when they throw back to this alarm later in the show. Yes. Thank you for the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. I love How I Met Your Mother, and your podcast is a great way to relive the joy episode by episode while I'm up with my baby at night. Oh, congrats on your new baby. Congrats. Those nights are real rough, girl, but they get better-ish. They just get different. Yeah. (laughs) It sucks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Sending you high fives from across the pond. Nikki Yay. from Oh, thank you, Nikki and Nikki's baby, yeah. who might be absorbing some of our foolishness. We're, <gasps> we apologize in advance, but yeah. it's fine. All right. So what's your legendary moment, Caitlin? So I had a couple of different ones. Kel um, surprise. Lo- that means what a surprise. Oh, I thought you, I thought you said just freeze. And I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't hear. Because I, I keep the volume down low so that way like no, no audio spills out. 
No leakage, yeah. No, I said Kel Surprise. True. Just freeze. Just, like, just dance. It's like, all right, all right I that guess. That was really cute that you just fucking froze. Like, wow. Yeah, I trust you. You're so cute. <laughs> I love Barney nonchalantly running. Yeah. Like, that Effortless. kills me. I also love the idea that the penny from the scorpion, the toad, started this all. Mm, I thought yeah. that was just so like clever, and I love those callbacks to earlier things in episodes. But I realized while you were talking about it, this was my favorite. This was my legendary moment. Um, just the idea that Barney would not be able to move his legs and get stuck on the subway. <laughs> like, <laughs> so good. It's so good. It just makes me, like, giggle and smile, and I enjoy it. Yeah. As soon as he sat his ass down. I, I, like, that, he was done. He his was body done. was like, ah! <laughs> hmm Exactly. What about you? What was your legendary moment? Um, I think it's a tie between Marshall and Barney just throughout. Yeah. I think... Um, who was it? Was Allison said that? Because I love uh, Marshall psyching himself up in the mirror when he's like, you are Marshall. Yeah. It's yeah! just so, it's so, so good. perfect, Marshall. And then uh, Neil Patrick Harris's physical comedy when his, when his legs were broke. It's yeah. a pretty good one. Yeah. He's uh, so good. He really is. He's such a great actor. I love watching him. Seriously. So yet again... We have the main storyline of Ted and Robin that was just like, wah, whatever. But thank God for all those backstories. I love it. So love good. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we will see you next time for Stuff, which is a fun episode. Ooh, big questions ahead. Yeah. Lots lots to unpack there. So, Hell yeah. Uh, be sure to watch and send us your legendary moment uh, for stuff, you can send that to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter or Facebook at heybeautifulpod. Mm-hmm. We post new recaps basically when we're able. Like, we do yeah. our best. Everyone casts in their own time, you know? Right now, it's about every other week. Yeah. Um, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud so you never miss a new episode. And mm-hmm. leave an iTunes review, especially new listeners, because... It will make it easier for other people like you to find us. We hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All.